are now rolling. Yes. Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. <laughs> me, 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 me. Okay, anytime. Hello and welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. I'm Matt Waterworth. I'm Scott Westby. And we're Full Swing Productions and every week we bring you this podcast filled with glorious information and news about the film and media and digital arts world of Alberta. And, and TV screen industries. Screen industries, yes. Which yes. comes up later in this episode. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. So uh, it's Stampede Week. Yes. Um, and I don't... I mean, I like Stampede. I'm not a Stampede hater. Yeah, no, I've never been a hater. It was it wasn't really until last year that I was like, oh, Stampede's cool. Oh wow, it took you that long. I'm getting older. Yeah. Well, I I never really went. I've lived here for a long time. Oh. I I maybe went once or twice and just rode rides, but I didn't really like. I know the Klondike days. Right. So I know that to me is just like, oh, it's just rides and junk food and that's it. But there's so much more with the chuck with the wagons and, and all that. Like, like, like it's yeah, a much yeah. bigger deal, obviously. For sure. Um. I, I, I usually think, well, Stampede's great because it's like I'm a tourist in my own city for a week and yeah. I get to do all the touristy things. Um, and then I kind of realized last week that maybe that's not a good thing. <laughs> that maybe I should be, I should feel like Stampede is, is like I should have some ownership of it and I should right. feel proud of it. Be a bit of an ambassador. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's turning a little bit this year where I'm like, wait a minute. I'm from Calgary. I should feel like I should feel proud of the stampede instead of it's like, yeah, it's kind of the thing that you must do if you're visiting. Right. So, and I know that there's a lot of like, uh, a lot of issues this year about kind of the corporatism and the microbrewery thing in particular. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is that changing this year at all? Or no? no. Nothing happened? No, they changed the name from Western Canada's top breweries to Canada's top breweries, oh. which which didn't help at all because they're all owned by Bud. <laughs> right. Like Bud yeah. bought um, Granville Island Brewery and now... That actually called. just justifies what they do more. It's Yeah, yeah it's the worst. Mm. Um, but I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so uh, let's talk about this movie we're making. Okay. In Plain View Corner. In Plain View Corner. So, yes, we need an intro. So what's this week been like for you? What have you learned? Uh, I've learned that uh, crewing up mm. is is a downer sometimes. It can be tough. Yeah. But it, it can also be really exciting and really good. Um, it's, you know, the, the chicken and egg scenario of like, the script's not locked, so we don't want to do all the work of like building a, a schedule around it right. if it changes, and we can't really work with a solid budget. That means, and then we can't really give solid numbers to people and dates and, and casting too. Yeah. We don't. We're not. Yeah, it's an incredibly challenging thing to to feel comfortable with because everything, nothing is solid. It's all moving. You feel yeah. like the ground's moving around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crewing up has been uh, has been interesting for sure, um, and it's it's the shitty situation where we're we're some of the strongest ambassadors for paying crews fairly and, and we just can't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things like we just don't have the money to do it. And if we did, then, then we wouldn't have the money to actually make it. So yeah, it's super hard. Like, yeah. And like everyone's it's, it's like, unfortunately people are going to work on this movie who deserve way more money than they're going to get. Yeah. And yeah. And, and all we can hope for is that we respect them as artists right. and they get input on the project and, and put their stamp on it. And, and yeah. that that's uh, fulfilling as well. Yeah. It's so skinny. Um, and it's, it's already really hard to make this um, for a tiny budget and we haven't even started making it yet. Really. Yeah. So um, what's interesting to me is kind of the same thing. It's, it's really about budget obviously for me lately. And uh, we've been having um, people from all departments telling us how important it is to not skimp on, their department. Yeah, this is an interesting thing you right. said earlier. So yeah, it was a conversation like, earlier this week, and uh, I, I don't want to say who it was about because there was nothing wrong with it. This person was no, totally no. Tr- correct. But it's interesting that like producers are always at the center of this conversation, right? 
and because you re- yeah like you say you can't skimp on yeah this person was like you're gonna need you're gonna want this to feel like a real movie so you're gonna need to spend money on this mm-hmm. and if you don't then it's gonna look like a shitty movie that you made on roller skate wheels or people are gonna be upset or, right exactly and or then, you're not gonna have any money right. left for, don't, for, for post yeah. or yeah, yeah don't skimp on your posts because that's yeah. where the movie's actually made and don't skimp on your location sound because that's sound is everything and, and these are all things that we preach but now yeah. <laughs> rubber's hitting the road right and and i'm How trying to, make to find balance. room for everything yeah uh and the reality is we just cannot so yeah i think the balance is going to be trying not to skimp on everything or anything while skimping on everything or, or, or skimping as little as possible on, right. on, um, on everything. Right. And yeah, that, that'll just be a balance. And, and, yeah. you know, I think, I think we do have uh, a responsibility to, there are, there are micro budgets that have come before us and, and there's no reason why we can't, you know, meet, meet mm-hmm. those standards too. But our, sure. also our movies are, are very different uh, yeah. from theirs and there are different budgetary needs for every story. Yeah. They're gunshots in ours and, and yeah. it's not an intimate talky film. Yeah. Um, so, so here's where I'm at right now, and I'll be interested to see where my head is at later. But the two things right now that I'm committed to not skimping on are sound post and craft services. Right. Where? What do you think right now? I my head lately has just been at. I, I just really want to make sure that the people like because we're not going to be able to pay them what they right. deserve. I want to make sure that the experience is as positive as it can be right. for everyone, and so that means making sure that there's a bathroom on set right. at all times. Right. Uh, and, and, well, and, I'm bringing a shovel <laughs> like every day, Matt, <laughs> and good food as well. And right. like, and that nobody is yeah. and sunscreen and bug spray and, and water and like, and making sure that everybody is, is as comfortable as they can right. be while they do their job, yeah, because, because that's how you get the best work out of people. Too. Well, and if you're, if you're working for no money, you don't want to be working in shape. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's where we're at right now. Yeah. 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 So we'll, we'll check in next week. More and, to talk and, about and next week. Talk for sure. about all the soul crushing stuff that undoubtedly happens. <laughs> Well, we might have some good news. Well, too. next week is is the week that we're meeting with a lot of our yes, we've lined up a lot of yeah, meetings. a lot of meetings. Yeah. So it's going to really kind of get kicked off for sure. Uh, we got some great news from Adam Scorgi. Yeah, Adam shared some really exciting news about his uh, documentary Ice Guardians that he's been working on. Um, he's he's signed a deal with uh, Breaking Glass Pictures for U.S. theatrical release, and that's going to kick off in September. Um, and that's like crazy, like to. Right. To get a to U.S. theatrical a, a release, a Canadian documentary right. <laughs> that had, and and he's telling us that he actually had two companies that were kind of fighting over the film. So to get theatrical re- release for any documentary in general is hard. Canadian even harder. Um, so I think he's really got a, a fantastic story here. I've you know having seen the trailer, I think he's 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 got a lot of. Uh, uh, yeah, he'll he'll do well with it, uh, and we and we recorded an, an episode with him about kind of the making of. Um, so we'll have to share that closer to his release date. Big time. Um, and some hard numbers here. Their world broadcast premiere will be on October first mm-hmm. on Super Channel. On Super Channel, and they and and Adam's going to be hosting three red carpets of carpet events in September to promote the premiere. Yes, and if you're in Edmonton, uh, there will be a premiere there. So check it out. Yes. Uh, and congrats. That's yeah, awesome. that's that's pretty exciting. Um, so the next one uh, would often go in the upcoming deadlines, but I think it belongs in the news because mm-hmm. Story Hive um, has announced their next round. Um, they're now accepting submissions starting August eighteenth. For Digital Shorts Female Director Edition. Yay! That's, that's pretty awesome. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so you'll have the chance to win one of 30 $10,000 grants for a 10-minute or less short film. Um, and you can watch, uh, they're saying they're directing you to storyhive.com to watch the previous ones. So anyone in uh, British Columbia and Alberta is invited to pitch as well as participate in the production. But they're on the hunt for female directors. Um 
Attach a female director to your project, or if you're a female director or someone your team, prepare your pitch and submit between August 18th to September 12th, 2016. I don't know if it's mandatory to have a female director. No? I don't know. Seems like, but it seems sounds like it is. Like, yeah. yeah, they're not expressly saying it is. Sounds like everybody else it, can yeah, be I think either, but... Anyway, um, if it's not, then I'm going to just say yes, it, it, it is. I mean, it's called I mean, female it director edition. It is called female edition. Yeah. It would be pretty shitty to be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct this. Uh, as a boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so congrats so happy that they're doing that um i think it's really important and uh can't wait to see what happens here yeah and this is some pretty fresh news from edmonton there's uh, a, a film industry advocacy body being created right. and kind of in in uh, there was a whole left uh when the uh, film commissioner in edmonton left office there and there's kind of been a question as to how they'll be moving forward with the screen industries in, Ad- in edmonton and and uh and we've talked about some consultation sessions yes, they were yeah. having there's been some conversation about it for sure. Right. Um, and now I guess the news is that uh, all of Edmonton's media companies are going to kind of come together to create an advocacy board or organization that, that is going to help guide the future of the Edmonton screen industry. So The screen the sc- industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Vi- is this just film production? Video games. Video games uh, too? I, I, I heard that that Edmonton does the most video game production in, in all of Canada. That's right. More, yeah. more Or more companies, more companies I should say. Yeah. In all of Canada, yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. Yeah, so just merging them is uh, super smart. And I think um, it might have been a good thing to go a year without a film commissioner maybe in this in this context. Because, well, I mean, yeah. it took a long time to, to kind of figure out what the hell they were going to do. And uh, the answer and isn't this. like, let's get a new film let's commissioner. Let's just get another one. Yeah, it's like, wait quo. a minute. Let's yeah. stop and think about this. So it might it might have been kind of a a necessary um, break to kind of refocus and, and, and reprioritize uh, and kind of move forward with the times and anticipate what's coming instead of just sticking to the status quo. So um, yeah. I applaud uh, everyone who kind of brought this together. And I know that Joe Novak had something to do with the name screen industry. <laughs> I just know it. Um, um, so that's wonderful news. So I got to speak with uh, Lara Tyon. Ah. Lara, Lara Tyon. Fuck, I still messed it up. Uh, Lara. Not Lara. You'll hear me mess up her name in the interview. Right. And then, and now I still yeah. did it. Uh, Lara Tyon. And she, and she and I talked about being an actor and, and, and a singer and a performer. And we talked a bit about um, uh, dinner theater, which which was right. pretty cool. She's done a lot of that. Um, but the real interesting conversation we had was about how she made the move to L.A. and how she's been living in L.A. legally and, and working in L.A. legally. Um, and how the heck you do that. If, That's huge. You yeah. know, and I say it in the interview and I'll say it again that we, you know, we don't necessarily subscribe or, or promote the idea that we should all leave Alberta and, and go work elsewhere. However, we also understand and, and respect that we all have dreams and ambitions. And if you've got to go to follow your dream, you've got to go. That's that's just how it is. So um, I think, you know, the conversation for us has always been like, well, if Hollywood knocks on our door, we're not going to say no, we're not we're not coming yeah. down there. But I think the goal will become how can we involve Alberta from there bring as it back as home yeah. yeah bring it back home it's in that scenario and 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 bringing productions to alberta if we have that ability in our careers uh it makes a lot of sense like Big time. like yeah. a lot of productions do it so uh anyway and i mean we're in a world right now where you don't it doesn't really matter where you live like you can get on a plane mm-hmm. uh, the, the whole tax thing is, is a whole separate issue it doesn't matter where you pay your taxes right um but you can get on a plane pretty quickly these for days. sure yeah unfortunately uh lara talks about how she didn't get auditions when she was in saskatchewan she didn't get auditions until she moved to edmonton for uh corner gas at the time and she keeps talking about 
these kinds of converse, these kinds of conversations where it's like they don't hire locals for lead roles. Right. And once she moves away from where production is she's happening, that's when she's getting interested. So anyway, I'll let her uh, speak to that. So here is Lara Tyne. Alrighty, so I am speaking with uh, Lara. Is it Lara or Laura? Lara. Lara. Oh, I didn't even have it right on the first two times. All right. Uh, Lara Talian. Is that right? Is that the right pronunciation? Tyon. Close. Tyon. Oh my goodness. We may have to restart this. I'm going to have to. I look so bad right now. No, I'm going to, I'm going to play through the pain. uh, (laughs) Well done. (laughs) uh, We live and learn. So, but I'm speaking to you. I'm in Calgary. You're in Saskatchewan right now. Correct. Did I say Saskatchewan right? You you nailed it. I thought it was Saskatchewan, but I wasn't sure. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) Oddly enough, you're actually in Canada for the first time in four years, though, and I, I don't want to bury the lead because we're definitely going to talk about uh, you as, as an actor and living in L.A. and how you've made that work. But I want to start with just, you know, what made you get into this crazy business? There's, uh, there's a great, I mean, many actors have said it, but like, what's the best advice you could give an actor? And, and a lot of talented and successful and famous actors will say, uh, don't, don't do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's uh, it, it's not worth it, and and it's a pain, and it and it and it it's a life of of hardship and pain for the most part. Um, so only do it if you must do it. So obviously you've you've had a lot of success, and you're you're you've been working at it for many years. So what what is it that made you say mm, this is what I have to do with my life? Um, you know, I started dancing and playing piano at a very young age. I was I think four when I started doing both. Um, and I got my grade five piano when I was nine and then stopped there and took on other instruments and, and kept dancing right on through until I got my advanced degrees when I was, uh, 19, my advanced and my teacher's degrees as well. Um, and I was going to university. I went, I had a scholarship to a university in Drexel in Philadelphia. Okay. And it was a liberal arts school. I was looking at pre-law and dad was like, you know what? lawyer doctor you're smart go you know i i wrote my sats and did well and um was focused that way but i was dancing four nights a week i was teaching dancing two nights a week um and i did i went to my first year university and did really well um but i took it out of u of r before i made the decision to go to go to a bigger school and you know my dad was like you know be sure know what you want it's a lot of money you know Mm -hmm. that all that stuff and uh that summer uh, there was a show at, at Estevan, Saskatchewan. There's an equity house in the summer, uh, kind of like Summerstock in Estevan, where I, where I grew up. And they needed, the director was Ron Rohr, who was just, he's so good. And they needed, they were doing a 20s, 30s kind of show. And they wanted a, a dancer, a tap, you know, someone to do these really great explosive tap numbers. And the dancer they had bailed kind of last minute. Oh. Uh, and my instructor had said, well, or my studio director said, well, I've Lara is here and uh, can she audition for you? And so I went and I auditioned. I was terrible. I was I was so bad. <laughs> I had never sung before publicly, like in a choir and stuff, okay. but I loved to sing, but I was so scared to sing. I just didn't do it and I completely wrecked it, but I had a great monologue okay. that I had worked with um, my my acting teacher at school and I was it's my it was my first audition ever. I never did high school musicals. I was way too scared and too nervous. Because um, I kind of grew up in a household where you just like, shh, be quiet. Like, okay, dancing, is it what you do when you're at dance? And, you right. know, so I didn't grow up with that kind of, yes, yeah, she's going to be an, you know, an actress. That was not to happen in my house. <laughs> so I went and I auditioned and he's like, okay, great monologue. And kind of called my instructor. So like, I, I seriously hope she can dance because she did not sing. <laughs> 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 or something like that, I'm right. sure. And I got to um, this, the show 
And he had written the part as kind of one for one of his sisters. Each one of his actual sisters was one of the characters in this um, show because he wrote oh, okay. it and was directing it. And um, I had this one scene where she had to cry. It was a wartime show, and my dad had just died, and I was having a hard time getting through the Whoa. scene. And um, but it and the show literally saved me. Wow! And uh, he just he my director was like, "Wow, you're an actress." I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> and then I went through it. I had this, these great tap numbers, and uh, that was it. I, wow. I didn't go back to school the next oh, year. Wow. I moved to Edmonton okay. and um, got a place, and that was, two, that was t- um, 2001, I think it was, Okay, maybe, anyway. shortly thereafter. And then I went to audition in, in Regina, and I auditioned in Edmonton, and I got a show at Applause Dinner Theater in Regina. Oh, okay. And then got another show in Winnipeg right after that. So I went Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, did a tour there, and then did more of those shows, and then started singing in bands and teaching on the road, and got wow. my, yeah, started, you know, so that's what started it. Like, I just, I couldn't not, after I got that first show, couldn't not. Okay. That, that makes sense. What made you move to Edmonton, though? Uh, that's where the director and a lot of the cast was from. They were from a particular theater company. Oh, okay. Um, and they would kind of hire like one person locally for each show okay and it turned out in this one they're like wow nice find you know they were they were very encouraging <laughs> right <good, good. laughs> whether it's because you know be nice to the new girl or whatnot i right. took it and ran with it nice <laughs> so and i still am friends with most of them to this day but oh. and that's where a lot of them kind of were and that's what the okay. director was specifically and he's like look if you come to edmonton you'll audition i'll make sure you audition for our company and so that was just that was just a no brainer. I didn't know anybody anywhere else really in this industry, right? Um, and I had someone who was pointing, saying, "Go there." Cool. And so I said, "Okay." He was a great director, and I trusted him implicitly in that. You know, well, uh, that's really nice to hear that. It, that I mean, a lot of people for acting move away from Alberta, so so it's good to see that that you have that story of, "Hey, I'm going to go to Edmonton to do some acting." Of course, uh, we'll get into yeah. <laughs> into another move you've made. But uh, well, I And do- I think, too, I think everybody moves kind of away from where they started. Like, when yeah. I moved to Edmonton, Corner Gas was shooting in Saskatchewan. Ah, oh, wow, well, yeah. Which and I don't think I, I could get an audition for it oh, until okay. I moved to Edmonton. Oh, or interesting. Or something. And then they're like, oh, she's moved away. She's, you know, <laughs> and then I got pulled back for an audition right. like every single weekend. <laughs> That's how it goes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the dinner theater world fascinates me, and I know a little bit about it, uh, but w- what was your experience like doing that? Oh, geez. Uh, it differed everywhere. I mean, my first one was at Applause Dinner Theater in Regina. Right. And it was uh, very, it kind of felt small townish. The di- musical director is amazing. His name is Dave Shabbat, uh, incredible bass player, incredible musician. Um, it was my first, like, kind of big audition, I thought. Right. Um, and he was amazing, uh, and he really fought for me to be in that show, which is great considering it, like, it was unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knew me. Right. He's like, you know, the director's like, I don't know. And he's like, nope, that's the one we want. Wow. Uh, It was incredible. Because normally you have to do, like, the, the serving thing, where I know some places you're in character, some places you aren't. Um, but, yeah. but you're, you kind of have to get into the community there a little bit and, and, and get your face recognized before you're going to get a speaking part on. Yeah, and understudy. I mean, they all hold general auditions, right. but generally speaking, somebody who has been there, you know, serving or character serving or whatever and has done the understudying bit or whatever is, is more likely to be looked at. Right. Uh, and I came in and didn't know anybody. And um, 
He's like, no, that's the one we, that's the one we want. And I got, I got that show. And while I was there, I had already auditioned in Edmonton for another set of shows. So while I was in Regina at that dinner theater. I got another show right after it. That was okay. a tour um, from the other audition, which was also dinner theater. It was a pl- uh, Jubilation Celebrations in Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary. Oh, uh, yes. So and you make the tour, right, when you're with Jubilations. Yeah, you do. Right. And it's, it's much bigger than I mean, the theaters are. In Winnipeg, I think it was just over 500 seats in Edmonton, it was in the West Edmonton Mall, also, I think, 500 seats, three stages, massive, massive room. And then in Calgary, it's, uh, I think, 350 or 400 seats. Okay. Uh, and five to six shows a week, depending on the season. And at the time that I was doing those shows, the actors also came off the main stage and served as well. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That sucks. It was, yeah, it was a 90-minute show, uh, so three acts, um, and, it, you know, 21 to 23 songs, full wow. choreo, full yeah. dialogue. I mean, the songs were all about a minute and a half to two minutes each. That's insane. Uh, and, and then when you come off, you got a quick little break, and then you were at, at table serving. I mean, lighter <laughs> duties, of course, but yeah. you're still, and you're sticking in tons of improv, and then they want you yeah. to go on stage and do a quick song while people are eating. It's, right. It was, it was something else. Man. They don't do that anymore, luckily, but right. they did when I was there. I, I, I went to, uh, to uh, man, they, they've done... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean riff uh, probably four or five times now uh, yeah. and I saw one of those recently and I had a blast like it's it's actually pretty great and there's some really talented people who do it there are very talented people who do it it's a uh, it's it can be it can be a bit of a slag sometimes yeah you know but especially in the serving things and there it's not you know the paycheck's not as great as you would hope it you know depending on where you are you know that can be a bit dicey and tough but yeah and it's three, like when you tour something like that, it's three months in the same place and it's every day. So you don't really have a shot to look at something after. And that's actually why I stopped touring was because I didn't have, there was nothing after that. You know, I didn't right. have time to audition for film right, or right. television or, you know, I would just take another show because that's what I had time to do. And you kind of get stuck in a loop. Right. For sure. Yeah. And so I had, I had to break that a little bit, but I mean, I sang, like I said, 22 23 songs a night and i understudied for them when i kind of stopped touring with them right um and i actually got called three times in three different shows <laughs> with 24 hours notice Whoa. on stage and one of them i wasn't even her understudy oh man and i slept <laughs> in the theater all night go? i slept in the theater i grabbed the script i'd seen the show a few times because friends of mine were in it yeah I slept at the theater i learned <laughs> the choreography on the fly because my background is in dancing <sighs> I knew the songs because I liked the genre of music. Yeah. They're not originals, right? Right, of course. And then it was a dialogue, but then you have to learn the cues. There's three stages in all of those dinner theaters. Yeah. There's two side stages and a main stage with right. light cues. Right. And there's, you know, six different entrances. And all my cues, I usually had someone going, pulling me off and pushing me in another direction. And I would just keep <laughs> saying lines. Wow. It was, uh, there was three shows I did that for. <sighs> but how did that one go? Amazing. Did it go well? Wow. Off the charts, yeah, it was amazing. You know, when you're when you're in a routine and you've done it a few times, you you kind of know the direction that these kinds of shows are going in. Yeah, there's a rhythm to them. There's a rhythm to when you're going to break into song. I I'd been singing so long at this point that that pulling a harmony line wasn't a problem. If they say, "Kayla, you're on the third on this one," oh okay, you know, and I would have someone singing backstage right beside me on another harmony so I could find my own. And if I didn't know it, I just backed off of it. And if that night they didn't have that one harmony line, it was fine. Right. You know, what you really want to be sure of is your leads, because no one's going to bail you out of that, (laughs) you know, and uh, hopefully you're on key and in the right light Um, and the dialogue, because without, you know, those are your most important points. I bailed out of some choreo. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but other how, than how that, could you yeah how could you be expected to yeah do it all yeah i mean and like full like the finales and stuff like that those could be a bit tough yeah so you are obviously in Calgary uh, a few times. I've always wondered how, do they have like an apartment or, or some place where they put actors up that are touring? Yeah. Well, when you go to like, depending on the place, like Regina didn't. Um, when we were touring, yeah, Edmonton, Winnipeg, we lived in a hotel each time. There was the same hotel and the same kind of block of rooms in it. It was kind of like a frat house. Oh, <laughs> it, was cool. it was so much fun. Uh, and you never slept. And that's where I first, I jammed for my first time with a live band in Winnipeg. Oh, wow. After theater, because it was connected to a jazz club. Okay. Um, and then when you went to Edmonton, so it was, you would do three months in one city and then you got two weeks off to go home or to recuperate. Oh, okay. You know, maybe you blew a New Year, your voice, something. To right. And then you go to Edmonton for three months. They put you up in apartments. Okay. And then you go to Calgary, and they actually, uh, I think ours was one of the first shows in Calgary, the first time I went there. Oh, my God. It was horrible. They put me in this place on the on the far west side had mice. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and it was Stampede. So there was not another hotel room. And they booked this one on the fly. And I remember I was staying there. I can't even remember what it was. It was, it was near the red carpet in there. I remember looking oh, at yeah, yeah. that sign. And I just woke up one day, and... The, the owners had taken the windows out of my hotel room what? right beside my bed just took them out because they were cleaning them and were re they were siding or standing the side of my, my room <laughs> so I just woke up to a dude in my room and the windows were they just weren't there oh wow and they look at me and I'm in bed I'm like, <laughs> oh my god and that's when you fell in love with Calgary and that's when I fell in love with touring in Calgary yeah but then you moved here and then yeah I stayed after right. my last one I stayed in Calgary and okay um, started singing with some bands and, and um, I, I understudied that theater a lot and I actually floor managed it for a couple of years just oh, cool. to kind of have something like have some income when yeah, I first yeah, landed yeah. and did my first film work um, not in, my, like my I shot with like that was when Passchendaele was there so I was in oh, that yeah. all gross and so I yeah I stayed <laughs> cool cool and yeah. then so so what was the journey like because now you're switching to film acting were you looking, like searching for agents, doing auditions? What was your game? Yeah, like? I um, I didn't have an agent with theater, obviously, um, and you can have one when you're when you move to Equity, but it's just not as necessary. And I knew a lot of people in the film or theater community, so I could really just get an audition anywhere after that. Right, right. You kind of learn the the ways to do that, but film, I had no idea, and so I went actually to. Regina, I think it was, uh, and someone said, "Well, I have an agent down here. You should check her out." And I think her name was Linda, Linda Sawyer or something with Bow Talent. And I don't think she submitted me for anything, or maybe she did. I don't remember, but she kind of—you don't know what to expect of an agent. But I remember her saying, "You know, yeah. we want you to get headshots at this place, and we want you to do that." I'm like, "But I have headshots, and I don't want to take your classes." Mm -hmm. And even before hearing the horror stories, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Like, right. if you brought me on your roster, you you are to think I have some kind of, some modicum of talent or yeah. something that you can market, or you don't, and you just want me to pay $600 a month for classes or right. some right. crazy amount. So I left her and signed with um, Stages, it was called, and Catherine was great. She's an amazing agent. That's, she got me on Terry Gilliam's um, Tideland. Oh, wow. Yeah, he came through town actually when I was living in Calgary. Um, we can get to that story another time. But yeah, getting an agent was, uh, I didn't know how to do it. I got headshots and was just like calling people. I took the first one that said yes because I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. 
And then, yeah, she's like, you know, and here's our class. And I'm like, oh, I think I just became a mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that unfortunately is a, is a thing. Actors get get trapped in these. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're not all scams, but but certainly sometimes they are. And, and yeah, you're paying tons of cash to do classes and headshots and a demo reel that really ultimately is going to get you nowhere. Yeah. And I think I think maybe because I'd already had the experience of being on stage and being around I was already a working actor um, right. and I had been around a lot of working actors who were in film and television and maybe I'd heard some of these things before, mm-hmm. you know, but it made no sense. I wasn't desperate for this agent because I didn't need, no, I didn't know that I should have been. Right. You know what I mean? But I think people that are just like, I'm going to be an actor. I got to get an agent. And they do. And they're like, okay. They, and they know nothing about the business. Well, then yeah. you have to do this class and you have to do this. And um, I think those are the people that maybe that, don't question it because they don't know, but I'd already been, I mean, I've been touring for a while and you know, yeah, I'd already been doing enough that I was like, I maybe I'd probably heard these stories, like don't ever pay for classes. And, and nowadays it's not so much a thing. Everybody knows, you know, it's, it's a lot more open. The pay to play, um, judgment that came down in, in LA over the casting director for, uh, criminal minds. What yeah, is his name? Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that's been going down for years and that just kind of really blew up this year. Yeah. You know, things like that aren't secret anymore. No. Yeah. That's uh, that's an interesting topic. But so, so what was your, what was your film, the film side of your acting career like in Calgary? And then what made you decide it was time to move again? Um, it was, I got to a place, I assigned with Kelsey with details talent and she was great. I still love her to death. Um, I got a lot of auditions. Like I got auditions for almost everything that was anywhere near me. Right. Like if it was a woman over the age of like 18, the casting directors would see me. Nice, <laughs> you know what nice. I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know, Mandy Stobo quite mm-hmm. well, I think. Right. Yeah, and yeah. Michelle Haug, the three of us saw each other at auditions all the time. Right. I didn't even know them, but I saw them. I'd see them come in. I'm like, Hey again, you know, and, <laughs> and they were in the same boat. Like they were, they were really talented and the mm-hmm. casting directors would bring them back for everything. And right. I talked to one of the casting directors and she's like, you know, you know, you're not right for this part, but we you know, want to have a great reel for the director to bring more directors here or yeah, whatever yeah, else. Yeah. So, so we're going to bring in some really talented actresses that we know are going to knock it out of the park. We know they're going to show up on time, um, you know, and they're going to be here. So many people bail on auditions and blah, blah, blah. So I auditioned for everything. And there were a lot of one and two line parts. And uh, I was always, I was told by a couple of the casting directors, you know, you're not going to get this. Your look is too striking. You're really intense on screen. Um, we love you, but you're really intense on screen. You need to be in more of a co-star, guest star, lead role. I'm like, hey, man, if you have those auditions coming down, <laughs> I will be there. For sure. But, I mean, that that's not what came to Calgary. What right. came to Calgary were Vancouver projects or New York projects or L.A. projects that were shooting a couple of days. They came with full cast. Yeah. And there was, like, the waitress in the, the coffee shop yeah. or the mother finding something in a grocery store you know right it was one and two line parts and i was told like larry you, you pull from the lead actors your your look is really intense and you're really intense as an actress and um so you, you want to go chasing down those lead parts i'm like that's if you know where they are i am more than happy to comply right yeah <laughs> um, but it, it it just wasn't there yeah you true. know and um one of them said have you thought about moving to vancouver and i had but it, it kind of felt like the same move like a lot of the productions there were being packaged it's in service Los Angeles. There too. Yeah, for sure. You know, and then they come up to Vancouver and they'll take maybe a couple that roles that, 
you know, turn into something great. But if you want to, if you want to be in something substantial, then you got to go to where they're being packaged. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I and I didn't make the move to LA for a long time. I think I was scared. Mm-hmm. Like, because I have common sense, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I wasn't I wasn't eighteen anymore. You know, I had toured through those years and. Um, you kind of think like maybe once you hit 2021, maybe you shouldn't, you know, maybe it's too late. And I just was like, you know what? I was working at a place in Calgary. I was doing a little bit of film, uh, film acting, but not much. I was more into the singing at that point. And I was teaching music at two different studios, uh, Horizon Music and MCC South, Music Center of Canada South. And it was two of my favorite places. And I would have, you know, kids coming back each year for piano and voice. And, um, I didn't really want to let them down. Like I didn't want to leave them. All right. And I had, I was working also managing a pool hall in the South End, just kind of surviving. Yeah. Not doing what I wanted, not doing what I loved, not Mm -hmm. writing. And then I wrote um, a short called Necessary Action. It was a web pilot when that stuff was just starting to really get cooking. Yeah. And I called up Michelle Haug that I was talking to you about, and I didn't know her. I think we were Facebook friends. I think that's what it was. But I really loved her energy, and I liked her every time that we met. And so I Facebooked her, having barely known her. And I said, hey... I don't know if you know me. My name is Lara Tyne. She's like, oh, yeah, of course. We see each other all the time. And I said, well, I think I'd like to really work with you. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm thinking about writing this thing with, like, these two female leads. And would you be interested in taking a read? And she's like, yeah, no. She was so open. It blew me away. And so I sent a tour, and it actually had three fem- female leads and a male lead. Okay. And she's like, uh, I'm in. This is awesome. When do we shoot? <laughs> uh, and I was like, Okay, maybe we'll actually shoot this. Really? And I had done I had done a video with the Sate boys for, um, geez, I don't even know what year, but like Dan Santer and yeah. uh, and and Joel Goundry and those guys. Yeah. And so I called up Dan Santer and I said, Hey, uh, I need a DP. I think I want to shoot something. You want to take a look at it? He's like, Well, do you have a director? And I said, No, I, I don't know any directors. <laughs> you know, it's like I do. So I sat down with Dan Santer and Brendan Rathbone. They were doing a lot of work together. Yeah. Like we love this. Let's shoot it. And so. We auditioned for the other two characters, and Cody Sparshu came in and did a shot a day. Oh yeah! And we had some great people, and um, and we shot it, and nice. it turned out really, really well. And then we got we sent it into the Rosies. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! And we got nominated for best digital production for that year. Yes. And we didn't win. I think we lost like Grant Harvey or something, uh, or I don't know what we lost to. I remember meeting Grant Harvey there for the first time, though. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, was it Bunny Hug? I don't know what it was. No, I think that one was nominated too, but we were in the digital category, which was new. Oh, right. Okay. We maybe lost to an interactive something. I don't even know what we lost to, but it was just, it was amazing to be nominated and people were like, this is great. And um, so knowing that I now created content and I'm like, that can happen. This, we can do this. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the light bulb. And I thought maybe a web series. Right. Uh, But then it's like, you know, how do you, no one really, really spills the secrets on how you get funding or how you how you get investors yeah. or how you break down a line budget if your background was in the acting of it. Right. Um, and I had produced this, written it, and starred in it with all these other great people. But, you know, uh, Joel Gounder, I think, had done the line budget. And, you know, they had done those other things that I didn't know how to do. So mm-hmm. it was a really big team effort. So I, I liked the creating content bit. And I had a chance to be in a more meaty role and do what I was told to do. So I was, it, that did really well. And then the pub I was working at just one day closed. Ah. And they said, okay, like we're closing at midnight. I'm like, what do you, like <laughs> for, for like, are we cleaning? They're like, no, forever. 
And Whoa. that was coming up to the end of the um, school year. So most of my students at the studios were going to be wrapping up for the season. Right. And I'm like, what am I doing? And one of my students who was amazing, he was so freaking talented, piano player. Um, I think he was going for his grade four Royal Conservatory and I was coaching him. He was doing so well. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to come back next year. Just, just let it go. <laughs> just didn't want to do it. And I'm like, what in Whoa. the hell are you staying here for? Wow. Like, cause that well, is yeah. it's like, I don't want to leave my students. I'm like, but yeah. they're going to make their own choices. This is craziness. It, sure. it was just an excuse not to, well, yeah, and, not, and, not to go to LA essentially. Uh, Cause it's scary, you know? Yeah. And talk about a sign that it's time. Yeah. And you know, the place midnight moved. I'm like, uh, I just lost my job and it's the season break. And this kid, I'm like, you know, what am I doing? I'm, I'm kind of living for everybody else at the moment. So I had to move out of my apartment cause I didn't want to get just another Joe job and not, and just, just to keep a nice apartment. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know what? I think I'm, uh, I think it's time. I think I'm going to LA. Amazing. And that was it. So this is, uh, you know, this is a bit of a, a dicey subject because of course, you know, a lot of people, uh, say, you know, you gotta stay in Alberta and, and, and stick it out. But, but especially for actors, I, I can understand making the move from Alberta because like you say, there's just not the work that we would like to have here. And, um, we all have dreams and, and you kind of have to follow those dreams. So I can't, I can't, uh, fault anyone for, for making that decision. But, but how do you begin to do that? Uh, if, if you're not a citizen, if you don't have any kind of citizenship connections, what's a route that you can Crazy. take? Crazy. Yeah. Can we can, can we come back to that? Can I say something before that? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, when I came down to LA, um, and had gotten a manager, do you know what my first audition was for? What? The lead in Hell on Wheels season three. <laughs> I couldn't get an audition for Hell on Wheels right, when I lived in right. Calgary. Couldn't get one. Again, yeah. you're too striking. You're you're really intense, and you 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 pull from the focus of right. the leads. Right. When I got here, my management sent in like, hey, you know, she's Canadian. They're like, we'd like to see her. I got a call back, and I got shortlisted. Isn't that? And then they went, I think, with a blonde. Hmm. But that was my first, and I was. I was like, I would, I would kill to come home and work. But yeah. I had my second audition was for the lead or for the season regular or series regular in Lost Girl in Toronto. Wow! And then I had another audition for um, series reg so season two Fargo, and uh, shortly I got a call back for that. Lost it to the chick from How I Met Your Mother. Wow! You know, so I had to come to LA to audition for the you know substantial the main roles of, of local roles. projects. Yeah, and I would kill to do that in That's Calgary. So frustrating. Yeah. yeah, you know, and if you're in Calgary, in order to get funding for something, they want it, everyone wants to have a name, you know, and yeah. you're not a name because you're still in Calgary, and it's it's like yeah. it's like when I moved to Calgary, all of a sudden I started getting auditions for Corner Gas in Regina. Right. I moved to LA, all of a sudden I'm getting calls for Calgary projects, and uh, uh, so, but yeah, I would kill to come home and work. Like, I hope there's a redhead in your film. I'm coming. <laughs> <I'll> um, <laughs> but so yeah, I I went came across the border. First of all, when I came across the border, I got turned away. They would not let me in because I was an actress. So wait, you just, you were just like, I'm, wait, what do you mean you just went to the border? Where are you going to stay? What was your plan? Uh, well, I looked at some stuff and I had, um, I, I didn't really know what to plan. I kind of gave away a whole bunch of the stuff that I owned. Right. <laughs> I was kind of like, I'm going to pack my car, stored the rest of it, and I'm going to go down there. You can come into the States for six months on a tourist visa. Sure. So what my plan was, was to come down. Um, meet with some managers because Canada doesn't have talent managers. Right. Like even if they're called management companies, they're agents. You know, right, they just right. don't have it's. But it, in the states, it's they're divided. They're two very separate entities. Yeah, I don't so, want to detour too much. But what is the difference? 
Uh, well, a manager can't negotiate contracts. Okay. They're not allowed to do that. An agent can, and and they're legally responsible for it, whereas a manager is not. A manager can't be a signatory on it. Uh, a manager will typically have, one manager will have between 12 and 15 clients and will actively be looking for projects to shape an actor's career. Okay. Agent will have between 100 and 150 clients and clicks a submit button for all of his clients for anything on all the breakdowns that comes down that kind of looks like that person. Gotcha. So you just get a lot more personal attention from a manager, but hmm. then you either need a lawyer or an agent to sign your contracts or to negotiate your contracts for you. Gotcha. Okay. You know, um, you can do it on your own, but it's it's not recommended when you're looking at the bigger contracts, obviously. Right. So, did, sorry, did you have a manager in mind? Is that what you were going I for? did. A okay. friend of mine um, from years ago had for years said, you know, why don't you go to L.A. and talk to my friend? He's a manager down there. Right. And I was like, you know, and I kind of bailed on it so many times because I would take another tour or started a new studio and didn't want to leave anybody in the lurch, you know, um, too busy trying to (laughs) please everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, so I finally went down and um, I I did, before I crossed the border, I looked on, I think, like Craigslist and Westside Rentals and I found a place to live. I talked to this landlord a number of times. I said, okay, so I'm coming down on July 29th and probably be there on August 1st. Or second, depending on how long it drives, because I was driving with my cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had a pet. You just can't leave that in storage. Of course, of course. Um, and uh, I was going to live there for the six months, meet with this manager and hopefully others. I had my package together, my, you know, a, a, not a great demo, but a demo and headshots and, you know, whatever, whatever I thought I needed. And I went to cross the border and Homeland Security said, no, you can't come in. Um, because I didn't have strong enough ties to Canada. Is what they said. Because you didn't have strong enough ties to Canada. Correct. I didn't. I wasn't married. Oh. And I uh, like a, a con- oh, they were concerned that you would just that I would stay stick around. Yeah. Illegally. Gotcha. And um, it's odd now that Donald Trump is in the running. Kind of I'm like hmm, <laughs> that was that's been going on this whole damn time. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, the Canadian border, though, really, I love Canada, and this is security. Other border security. I was like, how do we know you're going to come back? I'm like, uh, two words: healthcare. Right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm coming home. Right. I don't, I'm not bringing a bed, you know, but I had a script for high fidelity in my car. And I was kind of, you know, when sometimes you, when you're, when you're just doing, going through the exercise of writing, you'll go through old scripts and, oh yeah, yeah. you know, I just, it, I had notes everywhere and I was, it was a script that I was just kind of reading at the moment and digging into. Yeah. He's like, are you going to try and sell this script? And I'm like, that's, that's junk. He's like, that's sold. That's, that was, that's, that's a great movie. What do you mean? You don't know what that movie is. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, because they thought I was trying to sell something or making right. money in the U.S., which right. you can't do if you're not a citizen and or you don't have a visa. So I, um, they turned me back at the board and said, come back with a lease agreement or something. And I had an old lease agreement, so I just brought that down. And I had a contract from the job that I was working. I mean, I had given my notice, but right. it was a contract. <laughs> right. I didn't have an end date on it. Right. So I came back two days later, and they took, like, my fingerprints. So, like, if you go to another port... You will be disallowed from the states. You'll be barred for five years. This you, is the you port. Go you go to another to. port. Yeah, it's, you can't. You can't port jump, border jump. You or uh, yeah, port jump. You have to go back to the same one that that denied you access. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, so, so yeah, and so I came. I came down three days, two days later on August second, three days later maybe, and they just they didn't even look at anything. They're just like, "Let me see your passport." Okay, have a good time in America. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you guys so much right now. I've That's been stressed so for days. <laughs> <laughs> so I got in my car and got driving and stopped for the first night in Montana and the um, 
called this guy that I'd, I'd booked a room with in a condo and uh, I said, okay, so I'll be there in like three days. Sorry, my, my, you know, I got delayed a bit. And he's like, oh, well, I rented the room to three people and one of the guys already showed up with his stuff. So, <laughs> so wait, I, so he just, he just said yes to a bunch of different people and hoping yep. that one of them would get, oh, wow. Yeah. And now that I've been there for a while, it's, that was, that should have been, that was an exact welcome to LA. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't notice that time. Like, I really hope this isn't a pattern, but it is. <laughs> That's just how they do it. They just, they yep. just say yes. They hustle. And whoever yep. comes through first. Yeah, huh. it was kind of crazy. So I was like, okay. So I got on Craigslist and and Roomster and everything else, and I got another place in Redondo Beach while I was in, uh, I think, Idaho or something. The next night, and I booked a place, and then I got a call the next day when I had stopped in Nevada. She's like, Claire, I'm so sorry. A family friend needed a place to stay. I'm like, oh my god. Uh, okay, and I'm now I'm driving into Los Angeles. Yeah, and I don't even know where I am. Turns out I'm in Redondo Beach. I thought, which I thought was a part of Los Angeles. I've got like my little Garmin, and I'm just all over LA. It's dark because it gets dark. What year is this? There, this is 2012. Okay, and uh, I needed a place to stay, so I called up like Expedia and booked a room. And she's like, "How's Downey?" I'm like, "I don't care. It's dark. I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do." I'm homeless. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got a car and a cat, and I don't. I'm in the country that I've never been. You know, uh, and so I she books me. I get booked a room, and I come to this place, and there is there's a mattress burning in the streets. Oh there God. are fights. I can't understand what people are screaming, but they're screaming. I get to this place, this hotel, which doesn't look so bad. And the night manager just looked at me. He's like. Ma'am, are you sure you want to stay here? <laughs> and I said, Yeah, I mean, I'm here. What am I? It's like nine or 10 o'clock at night. It's pitch black. It gets so dark so quick in LA. Yeah. And um, that was my welcome to LA. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty intense. So, how did you find a place? I was there. It was kind of like Downey Compton. I was in that. And I called my coach, Peter Skagen uh, and Neil Shell, were my two coaches. Yeah. Um, and I was just beside myself. I mean, there was an assault in the room next to me. Uh, and they they called me white girl. I, I've never experienced that kind of racial divide before. Yeah, yeah. And I, unless you live there, you don't think it's real. You think it's something that's on TV. Perfect. It is very, very real. Right. And you're like, what's the white girl? And white girl, and I kept hearing that as if it's a bad thing. Right. And I was just like, wow, why do I feel scared? Mm -hmm. um, so I called Peter Skagen. I'm like, okay, so I think I'm in Compton or something. And um, he's like, call the SAG Actors Foundation. Immediately, Lara, get out of Compton. <laughs> I'm like, Straight out of Compton. <laughs> right? I'm like, uh, and I am like, I, you don't get paler than me. And I've got flame red hair. <laughs> yeah. And I am clearly like one of these things is not like any of the others here. <laughs> And like I glow in the dark at night and yeah. people were looking at me like, what are, you, what are you doing here? I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So I went to um, the SAG Actors Foundation and this wonderful, wonderful human being of a woman. Her name is Tina Spears. She runs it. She has such an affinity for actors and artists and whatever she can do to help you. Here's some computer time. I hadn't eaten in like days because I didn't know where anything was and everything was in Spanish, which I didn't speak. <laughs> I didn't know that a meat market was the same thing as a grocery store. Right. And I didn't know that Carnesia was a meat market. Like that's how <laughs> far behind I was. Right, right. And, um, she just looked at me. She's like, where are you from? I'm like, Canada. She's like, come on, Canada. Come sit down. And um, she's like, have you eaten? I'm like, I had some corn nuts. You know, because I just, I didn't know where anything was. And yeah. there's a gas station next door. And so we sat and talked and she is as black as I am white. And when I told her where I live, she's like, girl, do you know what color you are? <laughs> and like, that's how she's like, I don't go to Gage Avenue, you know? Right. And I was like, well, but it's where I live. She's like, you know what? 
let's find you somewhere. And that was her exact response. She's like, let's, let's get this cook and let's find you somewhere that's a little more safe. And right. um, so I ended up, I now live in South Central, <laughs> which you may not think is more safe, huh. but it is. Um, I found a little place in, just outside of downtown LA, actually. I didn't really want to live in Hollywood. Because it's right. just it's such a microcosm. I kind of wanted to experience L.A., yeah. not all of the actors that come to L.A. Sure. Because that can be an intense bunch of people. You Absolutely, know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm an actress, yeah, so I have that kind of dramatic side, but I'm also a writer and a producer, and I, I didn't... I, sometimes you can be around that energy too much, you know what I'm right. saying? And there was a lot of that in Hollywood. And here, you don't get to escape it when you're in Hollywood and around those people. It's always about acting, auditioning, acting, auditioning, acting, auditioning. The latest, you know, the headlines, who was where, how many famous people have you met? Like, I mean, it was, right. it's constant. And you kind of lose track of life hmm. a little bit kind of in that surrounding. So, I, But I did go see a place in Hollywood, and I saw this place in what's called Historic South Central. Okay. It's like, on, like it's by LA Live, and it's kind of cool neighborhood. But when I went to see the place in Hollywood, the... Just like an hour after I left Hollywood, this guy was just leaned out a two-story window, a second-story window, just started spraying bullets into the street. Whoa. Yeah, had a gun and just was shooting up parts of like the downtown Hollywood and oh just God. on Hollywood Boulevard. And I was like, okay, if, if that's Hollywood, South Central can't be bad. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> right, the, right. There is, there's pockets of that kind of crap everywhere. Of course, of course, yeah. And so I was like, I'm not moving to Hollywood. That just, that just settled it. Yeah. There was helicopters, police cars, sirens. There was everything you can possibly imagine. And so I, I, I agreed to move into this place in South Central. And I've been there for four years. And they're, um, they're amazing. I've had the opportunity to move out of there now. But they're just, it's an amazing neighborhood now. And I've been working with the community, and I'm trying to get a talent show up for the kids because it's very working class. And oh, cool. I've been trying to do that and, you know, just kind of work within the neighborhood. And I've been teaching some singing, and I've been teaching some acting and stuff like that for kids that are there. And nice. And volunteering. So it's it's become really a good thing. But I had to, you know, that's where it is now. But coming down in the visa process and all that kind of, that was a whole other issue. Right, right. So what, so I know that you, you were able to access a, a visa that is pretty tough to get and how, how did that go down um i was um i di i met with my man this manager and because i was late coming down he kind of was like you know what i was gonna meet you on every day if you can't make it you know maybe this isn't for me you know oh. and, uh and then i got stuck in that place like in like that <laughs> that awful place yeah. and I, i'm like listen i know that i bailed on our meeting because i got turned away at the border so i was like three four days behind yeah um i'm like i have to get out of this hotel please meet me. He's like, listen, we can go for a coffee. And you know, you're new. I'd like to help you out. I was like, okay, thank you. you know, like, <laughs> just like desperate to get like, just to see another person and talk to somebody. Right. And, uh, we sat and had a meeting in, you know, about 15 minutes and he's like, I'm repping you. Wow. So that was, yeah, that was really cool. I'm like, will you rep me in Canada? He's uh -huh. like, and he said, well, you're here for six months. Let's see what we can do here first. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I can, if you are willing to videotape, let's see what you look like videotaping auditions and how good you are at it. And if you're decent, are you willing to come into town and audition as if you get a callback? I said, absolutely. So, um, he repped me instantly. And then, um, some other things went down and I was unable to leave the country. I don't know if you want to go into that on this call. Cause this could, that's a very long story. <laughs> okay. Uh, so maybe we'll save that one for next time. But, sure. um, I had to stay in the country. I could not leave. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but legally, I'm only allowed to be there for six months. Yeah. So there's a group in Los Angeles called uh, Canadians Abroad. Okay. And I'm sure that's everywhere, but it's here's a fun fact. There's a larger population of Canada in L.A. than anywhere else in the world outside of Canada. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I didn't know that either. It was kind of a cool fun fact. Um, and I was looking and anywhere for else some... in the world outside of Canada. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, L.A., Los Angeles, California. Huh. So uh, it was Canadian Thanksgiving, and I really wanted to have turkey. And mm-hmm. I was like, and someone had told me about Canadians abroad. So I went to, they had this huge Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, nice. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I went, and I'm talking to all these people that are that are either duels or they have their O1s or they're Canadian actors or directors or writers or producers or whatever that are here and but they're Canadian right and I said so how how do I go about staying I've been looking at paperwork online I didn't even know do I need a P1 a P2 those are for performer visas they're all kinds of stuff and um they said well that's the one you should talk to and there's a woman there named Lorraine D'Alessio she is an immigration lawyer specialist she's an immigration lawyer from Toronto she's gorgeous she's a ton of fun and I just walked over to her. I'm like, hi, my name is Lara, and I, I would like to stay here legally. What do I do? She's like, we need to talk about an O-1 visa. Can you come and see me? So I did, and I met with her, and it was really expensive. Yeah. Um, and I went to three or four other places. Once I knew which kind of visa I needed, I went and I talked to three or four other places. Um, there was two of them that were kind of like internationally, quote-unquote internationally known, and they were terrible. And I knew that I would be stuck in a loop with them forever, and they were the same price. Right. But they didn't seem to have their, their crap together. I don't know if I can swear on here, so I'll try not to. No, of course you can. Um, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, and Lorraine was great. She knew what she was doing. She was open about everything. And she's like, let me, she, has a, she had a 100% success rate. Wow. She wouldn't have taken you on if she didn't think that you would be approved. Right. And she'd just taken on a partner. And she looked at all my press. And she looked at all the films that I had done and everything else. And then specifically Necessary Action, which I had shot. And because we got nominated and all that stuff. And Terry Gilliam, working with him, helped. And being on a film with Paul Gross, that really helped. Nice. Even if it was tangential. And she's like, yeah, we can, you get a visa. Wow. So we started working. And it was about six grand. Okay. Everywhere I went was between five and six. And... But within hers, there was also, I mean, there's $1,000 just in filing fees. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff to take care of. It took me, um, that was in October I got started. Was finally able to put a package together in February. My visa was 1,000 pages. Oh, God. And, you know, thousands of dollars later, and I got approved in four days, which was a record for them. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, And then, but your maximum, you can only stay for three years on that visa. So, and I got a dual visa. I got a visa as an actress and a singer, which just then just gave me an entertainment visa. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, because in the States, you cannot work on anything except for what your visa says. Like, I can't go be a waitress. Right. And I actually, I was broke and starving. And I, so I went to central casting to do background work, which yeah, yeah. I, I mean, actors abhor background work. <laughs> I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. I went there with my visa, my passport, and I got a social security number because I have to have it. Yeah. I get to the, you wait in line. Like a line that's three blocks long. Uh, and I had to go back three days in a row because I would get close to the front of the line and they'd cut it off for no. the day. Oh. So I'd have to go, like, they'd open up the doors at nine and I would get there at like 5 30 in the morning, way up in Burbank <laughs> and I was living downtown and still would get to just almost the front and they'd cut it off. So I went back on like the fourth day, finally get to the front of the line and she looks at my O1 visa. Uh huh. Which is technically, it's a, um, a visa for an actress of extraordinary talent and unique ability. That's what it's called. Okay. Um, and she looks at it and she calls her supervisor. She's like, can she come in? Can we do this? And it's like, no, ma'am, you're, uh, you're on an O-1 visa. Uh, you're actually overqualified for us. <laughs> you need to be in lead co-starring or um, guest starring roles. Wow. Like, you have got to be kidding me. So, you're, so your you. hands are tied. Yeah. You can't do anything but work for, for the jobs that you... Yep. You, you're listed and you can't do 
anything like non-speaking or background. Nope, because that's technically not Oof. acting. Wow. Uh, yeah. And I guess so, why, why is that? I guess I guess the argument is that you'd be taking a job from from an American. Is that, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not. I mean, if you came down there and you're so talented that you deserve an O1 visa then you better be working on real projects, you know, as a real actress. And that's, it seemed like there was a little bit of that kind of energy behind it. Hmm. If you're good enough for a visa, you better be working on set with, you know, Spielberg or whatever. Right, right. And and background work, anybody can do it. You don't need to be trained. You don't need to be, uh, you don't need to be a talented to do background is their way of thinking. Right, right. So you, so having the singing thing must have helped because then you could still teach. Right. No, could no. not be a teacher. Oh, wow. Could be a singer. Could not be a teacher. Oh man! Wow. Which I mean, no one was throwing a recording contract at me. I wasn't. <laughs> I hadn't. I hadn't recorded a demo. Right. I, and jamming doesn't pay the bills. Ooh. You know, and it takes forever to get a band together in a place where you've never seen anybody before. I knew nobody in Los Angeles. Right. Not a single soul. Right. So I mean, I was starting from scratch. Can't do background work. Can't teach. And in, you know, and then you find yourself kind of back in the same rut that you were in working as much as you can just to pay you know a, a cell phone bill yeah and your rent Ugh. so that you can stay there brutal um so yeah it's kind of crazy it's, but it was so funny the the to get that line like ma'am you need to be acting in lead <laughs> guest star and co-starring roles and i thought back to like jackie lind and ronda fazeki back in calgary going, you know larry you're so striking on screen you should really be acting in, <laughs> in lead or featured roles i'm right. like oh my god it's haunting me but you know and that's the way it goes and um it's worth the hustle it's worth the tears but there are a lot of them like it's not for the faint of heart it's not for the thin-skinned no it's not for so how did you survive did you did you have to borrow money from family or yeah i've done that i i did work i I shot three films and uh and a pilot Mm -hmm. hasn't seen the light of day but um you know i got paid for it at least yeah and I, so I have worked and I just renewed my visa. So that's the, that's the other question I had. You said it was a three-year visa. You've been there four years. So has there been some adjustments to it or? Well, I was there six months legally as a tourist. Right, right. Right. So by the time we filed for my visa, it was six months later. Okay. Um, so that was, uh, and then, so that brought me to February and then we filed for my visa again in February, but because I hadn't gone home to Canada, uh, it took four months to approve because they had no record of me coming into the country. Because back then, they didn't stamp your passport when you drove across the border. Oh, wow. So they're like, did she come into the country illegally? And uh, so it was four months to get that. So that man. was an extra four months. And I, my visa got approved uh, May 31st. And here I am now coming back to Canada oh, just okay. to reactivate my new visa, which is for another three years. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's been kind of crazy. It's been quite a ride. So yes. what? So what would you? I mean, I think there's some really great information. But what would you recommend an actor today who's who's interested in trying to work in LA? What What's the best route? Um, you know, you just got to do it. It's 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 that simple. Because you can't like like it seems like you kind of can't plan for it, right? You, you, you have really to can't. get there. Yeah, it seems really daunting. I know as far as filmmakers go, one route that I've heard. Um, is that you could you could go in on a student visa if you can get into a college or university yep. that's maybe teaching film or, or whatever, and then <laughs> focus less on school and more on finding an employer or, or interning at a place that will in turn sponsor you to stick around and stay in the country if 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 that happens if if that's your goal because you need someone in in that case I guess to get a I don't know what it'd be a working visa I guess. 
Well, and you need a petitioner for an O one visa, and you can get that really through anything. Like if you if you get a manager, you can get that through anybody. Okay. Uh, that that believes in you and wants that thinks that you can work here. Like if you know somebody in LA that's a producer or whatnot, but you still have to have the package behind you to right. get the O one. Um, at a student visa, I mean, if you're a student down here, you just get a student visa and then you can work and stay in the country. But after that, yeah, you have to have someone sponsor you. And if you do graduate the program, I think you have, um, I think it's maybe 12 or 24 months, depending on, I'm not an expert in this area, but you have, you have some uh, time from that you can stay in the country and try to find work. Okay. And build up work so that that you can go for your IU visa or your green card. But you never go for your green card first time out. You always go for a visa. And right. So it, even that's a hard route because you have to you have to be developing while you're in school, and then you have to get a job yeah, like yeah. almost immediately. Absolutely. And start building up some some decent credits. That would be um, a challenge. I, I actually, oddly enough, I spoke with Tom Green about this one, one time, and he was saying that he had spent four or five grand trying to get a, a Canadian friend of his to work for his his personal company to shoot video for him as a camera guy um and it's and he still couldn't make it work spending that much money because and, and his company as the sponsor and they, they said hire an american um yep. but i guess we do have a unique advantage in this in this world a little bit when it comes to creativity because you as a human being are a unique person and no one can be exactly you so there's an argument right. to be made that you know your appearance and your performance is unique to you, and, and, a, and a, an American production or business venture could gain from that as a, in a way that they couldn't from an American. So there's a genuine yeah. argument to be made there. Yeah, they can say like you know we, there isn't someone down here like this. Right. This is the person we're looking for. Right. Like the letters that people wrote for my visas, you should read them. Oh my good lord! It's like she's an ex Susan Sarandon. She's an you know wow. she's she's got this kind of intensity. This is what this role. Ca- calls for and very specific about stuff like that um to say listen we would love to but if you're talking about a cameraman there's a lot of people that can operate a camera for sure for sure but i mean i I, even then you can make you can make an argument that 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 can be done creatively i I wonder if a different lawyer or a different um you know voice could have could have made a better argument but anyway um so so those are the ways that that i that i know of to get in and, and and it's uh and, and so how is it, how is the actual, we're running out of time, but how has the, the industry there worked for you and, and, and what's your experience been like? Um, it was great. Like I said, some of those auditions that I had were, were massive, right? They were, yeah. I was really cooking and I had pitched Necessary Action um, and I had someone who really liked it and I got as producer notes. Yeah, as oh, a cool. series. I got producer notes back on it. So I ended up now I'm rewriting it as a feature with oh, a cool. spinoff uh, pilot. Ah, because of the notes I got from a couple of producers, but I had a bit of a hiccup a couple of years ago. Um, and I think, uh, I, I mean, I've known you for a long time. I think you probably know I went blind a couple of years ago, had an accident. Right. So temporarily. Yeah. Temporarily blind, just a couple of months. And then, but the rehab was about a year. And oh, wow. so you lose those connections. And that's the yeah. one thing about LA. Mm. You can't, you can't waste time. Right. They don't remember you. You got to stay, keep having coffees, keep, keep you got to be that addition. You have to be yeah. emailing them back. You have to be a shadow to some, you, you can't, you just can't lose the contract. There's too many people that want the same thing. Right. There's too many people hustling. There's too many people. The fortune is in the follow up. Hmm. And, um, so I got kind of knocked out of that loop for a little while. So I'm kind of starting back over. Um, which is really actually exciting because the mistakes that I made those first couple of years, I, I know better now. And right. it's kind of nice. Hmm. 
Um, so yeah, maybe another time we'll talk about those. Yeah, guys. for sure. Hi. And before we go, I did want to talk about you as a writer because that seems to be something that you've, you've focused a lot on mm-hmm. now as well. What's that been like? Where, what's that? Yeah. Been? Well, um, I, there was a couple places that I, you know, it's sometimes you just have to spit it out. And like I said, I did have that time where I was really solo for a while when I wasn't feeling well. Yeah. Um, and you just have a lot of time to think and conceptualize. And when necessary action, the pilot kind of got some notice down here. I was pitching a feature that I that I was writing. And I actually got, like, in my first couple of months here, I was pitching to Chris Lockhart, who was the head of uh, creative entertainment for William Morris Endeavor. Wow. Like, this is a guy who gave me his email address because wow. he liked the the pitch that I, that's the kind of that's the opportunity that you can have if you're in LA you cannot have that if you're if you're phoning it in right um I just happened to be in the right place the right time talking to the right person with the right project and he was like yes let's talk Mm. um and so I was pitching a feature but at the time everyone wanted television it's like uh, someone else asked me like do you have any do you have any television I'm like uh yeah I mean I have a web pilot that I did and they're like tell us about that and so I I was pitching that and I was kind of working it out. They're like, look, can you make that a one hour drama? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure I can. So I started writing that. And then I started writing another one about one of the places that I worked in LA, um, kind of a comedy kind of, cause it's sometimes you're either going to scream and cry or you're going to have to laugh about it. Right. And then I started tinkering with the other one and, and writing into a feature because I got some notes and some, um, some interest. So, and you got to take that crap and run with it. That's, that's LA. Like you, you can't waste time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so that's where I am now, and I would love to actually come back. And we, I know you've and I have talked about this. I'd love to come back to Calgary and shoot something. Yeah, for sure. Love, for love, sure. love that. I love Lucas Vito works his butt off up there, and you guys have the new center that's open, and I yes. can't, I can't wait. I'm so stoked, and I'm so proud of Calgary for yeah. having. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked since, but I, I went to the opening event, and it, it looks great. It's amazing. We have it, and I'm so proud of Calgary. Like, yeah. I'm so proud of that. It's, it's about um, time. But, but I'm yes, from Saskatchewan, great. and they axed the tax credit. I know. Which really, really hurt so us. And sad. all the productions moved out of there. And yeah. we were shooting three series at that time. Ugh. And that's where I shot with Terry Gilliam. Yeah. You know, it, it, was, it was like little Hollywood so crazy. out there. Yeah. And so when Calgary started really moving on that center, I was like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously that's, I know we're running out of time, but that's, you know, we've got to talk about that. But yeah, yeah I mean, sure. writing wise, I mean, that's something I can do through my Canadianism, you mm-hmm. know, don't mm-hmm. have to. You know, with the visa, that's a little dicey, you know, because I don't, I'm, I can't be that in the States. Right, I can't be right, a writer. Right, so, but, but you can write. Anyone can write, you know, yep, as a hobby. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. That's very cool. Awesome. Um, so, what, uh, what should people uh, do to find out more about you? Where can they find you online? I have, uh, my website is laratayon.com. Okay. L A R A T I or T A I L L O N.com. I'm on IMDb. I'm on Twitter. Um, Lara T on Instagram. Uh, and if they would, I would love it if people would go to uh, the official Laratine on Facebook and give that a like. Ah, okay. The US government really likes it when people like your uh, professional page. I actually right. had to put that up. Oh, really? To get a visa, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And they really like it when they see that you have, you know, <laughs> like you, you know, so I would know. love it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of everywhere and it's, it's weird getting your visa. You really have to expose yourself down here. You realize that. Right. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, whatever. Like you really have to open yourself up, hmm. which I mean, but that's the culture in LA too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think Same people here. certainly uh, have learned a lot from this, and, and I appreciate you sharing with the with our, our community up here. I think bottom line, Matt, I think if you, I, I don't like how do you. A lot of people have asked me like how do you how do you do that how do how did you do it, Lara? How did yes. you get to L.A.? I put my shit in my car. <laughs> I drove there. You just gotta go. That's sometimes. It. If yeah. you want to go, I mean, you're jumping off a cliff. That's what you're doing. For sure. It's like going anywhere. I mean, I moved to Edmonton because I thought I could audition there. I moved. You just you can't th- you can't overthink it. Right. Once you get there, but you have to do your due diligence. I mean, what are you what are you going to LA for? What do you want to do? Do you want to be a film actor? Do you want to be a television actor? Look at those roles. Look at who's casting what. Send some letters. Be specific. Find agents and managers that have up and coming talent. Uh, you know, because you you're not auditioning for anything without an agent or a manager. Right. I don't care what anybody says. You're not doing it. Right. There's all the people all like, oh, you can do it. You can be famous. Don't worry. Don't don't get hung up on an agent or a manager. No, to get that kind of audition, I mean, unless you're you're bumping into somebody spilling coffee on them at Starbucks, you're not going to run into them. Right. I right. mean, so do your due diligence, but you, but essentially, what you have to do is make up your mind, get in your car, and you got to go. Right. You know. And I think that's true of uh, for for directors and cinematographers and for everyone as well. Yeah. This is a tough career in that there really aren't any rules. Yeah. No doubt. And the ones who just they believe in it, they believe in themselves, they're committed, and they make the decision, you're, you're 10 steps ahead of the game. Just know that you're enough. Right. Know that you're unique enough to, to, if, to make an impact if that's what you want to do. But understand that you better bring your A game and you better be as tough as you absolutely possibly can because you don't know what's coming out of this. Right. You know? Well, that's good advice. I appreciate it. Thank you again. And, yeah, uh, of course. Thanks for asking me on your podcast. I'm course, so stoked course. to do this. No, we'll have to check in with you again uh, and see how see how the journey continues uh, in, in a little while. Absolutely. I'd love to come back and say hey to Scott and say hey to yeah, everybody yeah. here. And, um, yes. All righty. We'll talk to you I'll talk soon. to you soon. Be Thanks. well. You too. Yay. All right. Thank you, Lara. Yeah, yeah, really awesome. yeah. I mean, how else could you do it? But, but yeah, you. And it sounds like that was really uh, a godsend if you t- in finding that person who helped with that visa. Um, uh, yeah, I don't no. know how you can do it without that kind of support. I, I've never moved cities. I know you right. have. Yeah. But just to move down to LA, it would be scary as shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> and it sounded like it was. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, but stay here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> If um, you can't. Well, we, th- the thing is, we want to build our own star system, and we can do it. We can do it. We should do it. It starts with writers, and it starts with performers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just stay or go and get famous, but then come back. Mm. Yeah, the problem is that sweet, sweet money. If sweet, Andrew Fung money. leaves, I swear. He is leaving. What? Well, he's not moving away, but he's going to Toronto. To well, he's in a yeah. show in Toronto, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Toronto. The black hole of Toronto <laughs> is too strong. Anyway, um, upcoming deadlines. Let's get back into the news you can use. Uh, Fava turned us on to this thing called the Moskers Film Festival. It's a film festival in Edmonton uh, that's been around for eight years, uh, and their mandate is to spread a message of creativity, positive, positivity, and compassion to the general public. Positivity? Hmm. Positivity. Hmm. What is this? Yes, great. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so it, uh, it's a competition tackling everyday issues and showcasing the diversity and talents of the local Muslim community um, was how they started. Uh, and now they have prizes of up to $5,000. Uh, which is really exciting, and they are That's accepting awesome. submissions. So they're always looking for creative filmmakers, both Muslim and non-Muslim, to elevate oh, really? the competition. Yeah. Wow. 
it's it's great. It's really cool. Um, so the deadline to submit is August 15th. Check out more about this um, at www.themoskers.com. And Moskers is spelled like mosque with the Q-U, uh, E-R-S dot com slash submit uh, to, for more information. Edmonton's Got a Minute Film Festival returns for a third year this September 26th to October 2nd. It's only 15 bucks to submit your film, and submissions are now open for only 10 more days. So send your one-minute short film uh, at gotaminutefilmfestival.com. The screening is on a day. Awesome. <laughs> or a night, maybe. <laughs> uh, the deadline's July 18th. I'm not sure when the screening it's, is. Well, it's at Patterson One Stop Platforms. So oh, right. So, so there's yeah. no screening? Well, no official screening. Oh, you know what? Submit Submitting is free if you're a FAVA member. Right. I just went to the website to be like, how much is it to submit? Uh, so I see, the, I see the $15 here. I saw General Public. Right. That's, but if you're a to FAVA submit. member and youth, it's free. So yeah, there is no screening. It's gonna screen on transit and, and things yeah. like that. And so Bri- that's cool. Briar's saying that it's the the festival itself is September twenty sixth to October second. Right, so it'll be right. on platforms. That's something we need in Calgary too. Yay, that'd be cool. All we have to do is be a part of a film organization to right. try to make this happen. <laughs> right. Hmm. Well, the other thing is sponsorship. It's right, tough, tough yeah. times to get sponsors. Um, the Shaw Rocket Fund has announced the opening of the twenty sixteen Shaw Rocket Prize. What's new is that they're starting to consider things like social media and other screen industries mm-hmm. that are a part of film and video production. Um, so the prizes this year include $75,000 in awards split into three winner take all $25,000 prizes voted by kids across Canada. So if you've got some children's programming um, and you're doing a, a transmedia or, or a multiple screen industries product submit, do that. It's due by Wednesday, August 24th and you can find the link in the show notes for more information. Yeah, so CSIF's Production Access Fund is open once again. And if you're an old-school CSIFer, you'll, you'll remember the FISH Fund. Um, and that is now kind of under this umbrella of Production Access Fund. So the FISH Fund is coming up. Uh, due date is August 1st to apply. And you can get up to $2,000 in access to CSIF equipment and facilities in kind. Um, but there's also three other deadlines uh, or kind of categories that you can apply to. I believe the deadline is August 1st for all of them. Yes, it is. Um, but there's the Cultural Equity Fund, which is a production to support pro- uh, a, a production support program that provides opportunities for minority artists to express themselves creatively through the medium of film and video. Um, and then there is the Aboriginal Voices Fund, targeted to uh, Aboriginal First Nations, Métis artists, and Inuit artists. Uh, and then there's the LGBTQ Fund uh, for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, two-spirited, and questioning folks. So there are four different kind of sections that you can apply to. And uh, check out the show notes for more information. There's kind of different amounts, I think, for each one, depending, uh, including credits towards CSIF workshops and stuff. So that's cool. And and, and this is a fund that uh, isn't terribly oversubscribed, a lot of these. Right. Yeah. Um, I, in fact... I would say if, if you're looking for some sort of free access to gear, this is probably this a is really good way yeah, it's to a get great, it. Yeah, it is a great opportunity, and, I, and by that I mean that the chances are pretty, pretty good. Yeah, we happen yeah. to know that, yeah. that you probably have a good shot if you just apply. Yeah. Um, so and especially if you're if you're uh, in one of these minority groups, um, yeah, definitely apply. Uh, there's really no reason not to. It's free money. It's yeah. free gear. Yeah, and we we got the fish fund uh, when we were starting years out, ago. Yeah, um, which was great. Mm-hmm. And someday we're going to finish that movie. Moving on, <laughs> um, s- the Calgary International mm. Film Festival <laughs> has it's my fault has launched their industry <laughs> accredita- accreditation program. Uh, so the deadline to apply for this is September fifteenth. Um, I'm still kind of wrapping my head around what this is, but last year uh, the Calgary National Film Festival had a lot of panels um, and a lot of, uh, of, of industry events um, that if you had this industry accreditation, you could kind of participate in. So if you work in the film or screen industry, 
You can now apply uh, for this 2016 industry accreditation. Industry pass is only 65 bucks. Uh, it gets you access to all film screenings at the festival, galas, networking events, um, and other special presentations taking place during the festival, which is fantastic. Uh, you can't beat that price. Um, so they accept requests for accreditation. Oh my God, I'm going to hate that word forever. <laughs> from reps uh, or organizations that are industry professionals or have professional interest in the festival. So uh, apply for that. Yeah. Unless you're making a movie during that festival time. Right, right. <laughs> Unless you're making a feature film. Uh, did you know, Scott, that uh, June 22nd to 25th in 2017 is the Amas Conference in Canmore? What is that? It's a it's a really cool conference where a bunch of filmmakers and media artists kind of meet up and learn from each other. And, and uh, it happened in Drumheller recently and actually uh, Valley Below screened there. Um, so it's a, it's a cool event, but... It, it can be uh, pr- prohibitively expensive for some people. You know, you might have to travel and, and, right. and, and get accommodations and things I like don't that. I can't go to Drumheller. But if you need a free – well, this is in Canmore this time. They, oh, that's uh, closer. But if you need a free delegate pass, there's a way to get one, which How? is by uh, becoming a member of Amos. If you're not already, and if you submit to become a member by July 22nd, you'll be entered for a draw for a free pass to that conference. But how much is membership? It's free, Scott. It's free. It's free to be a member. And I have a chance to go to this conference for free. That's right. That's pretty dope. If you love free things. And arts collectives. <laughs> right. Yes. Sign up. Yes. And donuts. I bet there's yeah. donuts involved in some of these. Anyway. <laughs> um, so upcoming uh, workshops and classes. Uh, the CSIF still has a few spots open for their summer media arts camp. We've talked about this a lot, but this is the last time because it's starting next week. So if you've got a teenager who may be interested in uh, making movies or... Um, if you just want to get them out of your hair for two weeks and give them a skill that they can take to the bank, mm-hmm. set them up for the Summer Media Arts Camp at the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers. Two-week camp, uh, Mondays to Fridays, uh, July 11th, and then finishing on the 22nd, 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Uh, do that. It's a, great, it's a great opportunity, a great program, um, and a great way for the students to learn. And th- there is still time to apply yes yeah. yes uh if i get this podcast out fast enough uh there should still be time to get in and uh and get your your young person involved yeah for sure so check it out csf.org uh optical printing workshop at fava is happening uh instructed by Lindsay mcintyre um check out the show notes for more information but it's happening july 17th from 1 to 5 p.m and it's 50 bucks for members and 60 for non-members and fava up in edmonton is having uh, another free-for-all workshop uh this one about location sound um, it is free for all FAVA members, but they only have eight spots available. So um, learn how to rise above the common pitfall of terrible sound with a free three-hour workshop on Sunday, July 24th from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. I don't know how the math checks out. Maybe there's a lunch break <laughs> in there, but that's okay because uh, it's free. So uh, visit uh, fava.ca or the show notes to see more information about this and learn how to get some great location sound. Yeah. So what's shooting right now, Scott? What's shooting in Alberta? Heartland is shooting right now. And you know what? I'm really excited about this because it is Ken Filowich's first week of directing on Heartland. And also Pierre Trem- Tremblay. Pierre. Yes, of course. I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He's, these are guys who have been veterans of the industry for, for a long sure. time and have been working on this show for a long time. And so, so Ken has been e- editing Heartland yeah, for yeah. Since, and, and since the beginning. Yeah, right? I believe yeah. so. Yeah, and Pierre, I think, has been first ADing since, right. since season one, too. So it's uh, it's really cool that people within that community are getting these opportunities to direct. It's yeah. it's a huge deal. Actually. And uh, I haven't I haven't told Ken this, but I've heard some rumors that he's crushing it. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, a guy who's, who's edited this show forever, he's going to know what kind of footage he's going <laughs> to use and not use. Yeah, he's going to have yeah. it in his head, for sure. And it's interesting, because I, I, 
I haven't really thought too much about the editor to director transition, but it makes so much sense. It does, yeah. yeah and I, and well, and, and I mean, I, I, I can see it going both ways. If you're thinking too much as an editor on set, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot, but if you also don't have an edit in your head as right. a storyteller and as a director, then you're going to be screwed as well. So I think he's obviously knows what he's doing and has yeah. that balance locked down. Tin Star also shooting in the studio right now. The Calgary Film Center. Yeah. Super exciting. And hashtag Roxy. Mm-hmm. From our friends up uh, at Edmonton Mosaic Entertainment. Yeah. Their feature film um, has started. Danny Trejo is in that. Yeah, that's crazy. Machete. <laughs> Guys, we've got awesome. famous people in movies that yeah. we're making. This is so yeah. exciting. For sure. Um, job Calls. Bell Media in Edmonton is looking for a writer, producer. If you're passionate, driven, and find yourself seeking interesting work, which I know a lot of people are, new challenges and continuous learning opportunities, then we want you to join our team. Oh, it's due today. This is due today. Well, check and see. Maybe they extended maybe the they deadline. Maybe they extended it. Friday, <laughs> July 8th is the deadline. Uh, you're going to want to definitely apply. Mm-hmm. The end. Well, there's also a job available as an instructor for the radio and television program at Nate. Uh, if you are looking for a gig like that, there's a whole lot of information here that I didn't have enough time to read in advance. But I'll tell you what, there's a link in the show notes with yeah. all the details. Nate is a wonderful uh, school. Yes. And it's a wonderful program. Absolutely. And it's where, you know, uh, Steve Ashworth works there. You know what, really, if you're qualified for that job, then you prob- we probably don't have to sell it on you. Yeah, true uh, enough. Yeah. So <laughs> they're looking for you. Um, check out the show notes for more sure. information. Uh, That'll be a cool gig, actually. The Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers mm-hmm. is hiring. That's really exciting. That is exciting. They're, they're yes. hiring for one of the more exciting positions, which is the production director. Indeed. So tell us about this position, Matt. Well, it's a kind of a combination of two, two brains. You've got to be like a, a gearhead and, and understand how... Uh, how gear works and how to maintain gear and and you know uh, project film um, and and run uh, uh, like like screening events and things like that. Uh, but you also have to be on the um, workshops and administrative side of of kind of putting together the workshop calendar and, and taking bookings, and maybe and even yeah. instructing a course or two yourself. Um, but yeah, and the absolutely the gear has to be checked in and checked out and. I mean, there's a lot to the job, um, but it is a is a, it's a cool environment to be yeah, in for it. sure. And you'll be working under the the wonderful Barry Thorson, mm-hmm. uh, and you'll be working next to the wonderful Nicola, um, who they're both just the best. Um, a great great organization, great thing to do. Um, so definitely apply csif.org for more information. Due by July 19th, which is w- a while away. Yeah. Cool. Um, recommendations. Let's get this done. So I'm going to recommend um, a fellow, and this fellow's name is Greg Jeffs. And I met Greg Jess for the first time this week. Um, and he reached out to us because he's starting a pilot program on behalf of William F. White's International, which is uh, the company that he works for. If you don't know William F. White's, you should. You should. You should just Google William F. White's. And there's a great way to find out more if you don't know about them. The internet. But or also or Greg, Greg Jeffs. Jeffs. <laughs> so um, he reached out to us because he's starting this pilot program um, where William F. White's is really, really getting some skin in the game and supporting emerging filmmakers. Um and and I think they understand that that the emerging filmmakers are the future of, of their, <laughs> their revenue as well as the industry itself. So uh, it's a really cool initiative that they've got going on. Um, so if you're if you're making a film, and I know there are a few coming, uh, reach out to Greg even if you're not in, in Calgary because um, he's kind of I think he's kind of spearheading this program and he's the one who's who's reaching out on behalf of them. So uh, yeah, just just Google William F. White's, go to the website and uh, and say hi to Greg and let him know what you're doing. And it's not unattainable to have William F. White's attached to your project. If your budget's not huge, I think it's basically what what we're getting at here. So Absolutely. don't uh, don't count them out. I think uh, and reach out and see uh, see if you can work together because it's a great stamp of legitimacy on your project. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So what's yours? My recommendation is going to be uh, the Werner Herzog teaches filmmaking from Masterclass. Uh, I, I, th- I think it was pretty popular to see um, like Kevin Spacey and Dustin Hoffman's uh, acting masterclasses. Um, and Masterclass.com has been targeting me just really well with Facebook ads. I, s- I saw this ad all the time, and I finally watched the video, and, and I heard from another fellow who was excited about taking it. Um, and he, he, it just hooked me in the trailer for the class. He says that his heart sinks when a filmmaker comes up to him and says, I just shot 4,000 hours of, of footage and I can't wait to, to, to cut it. And he says he hates hearing that because he, because you're Do not, the accent. <laughs> you're, we are not garbage collectors. <laughs> we are filmmakers. And his voice is amazing. That's, that's the other part of it is that he's, he's just got an incredible voice he's and an incredible story i remember i didn't know much about him before Sade. it was actually ah. uh, dan who introduced uh, me to him with grizzly man right and of course and he didn't even know film existed until he was 11 years old he, he's got a crazy story but uh it's a great I, I just started they just opened it early and i just took the first um the first lesson and man is it awesome i, I i'm really like mm. it's 99 bucks but really well worth it i highly recommend it Okay, well, that's it. That's all. Yeah. Um, as always, special thanks to Briar. And the problem with special thanks is that it just sounds like you're a, just routine. But she's scouring the internet every week to bring you the latest, the best, the most robust, but also the f- most best filtered mm-hmm. news Yes. Uh, yes. in the film industry. Only the best news gets on the podcast. That's right. We, none <laughs> of that shitty news. <laughs> but now I hope Britt doesn't hear this because I just told her, you're going to get a special thanks in the credits of the movie because you put up with me being, you know, working and being a shitty boyfriend so much. And she's like, I would love a special thanks. That sounds great. <laughs> so don't no, but tell I mean, her. Well, it's different in a movie credit. Right. But I mean, right. we're th- we thank Briar every week. For sure. For sure. Um, so she's great. Uh, if you're an Alberta filmmaker and you're listening to this podcast, just mm-hmm. don't forget that it's your podcast. That's right. Um, so we want to share your news like we did with Adam Scorchy today. Totally. We yeah. want to we want to hear from you. And you can reach us at hello at abfilmcast.ca and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud. Uh, it's all abfilmcast. And of course, uh, you can check out the podcast mm-hmm. on iTunes. But if you're crewing up for something. Or you've got a casting call yeah, for something. Yeah, yeah. And you're posting this on Facebook. For sure. Just send us an email. Totally. And or we'll or let if everyone you've got know. some initiative that you're starting to think